Welcome back to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James Matsumontamagno. And I am Michael Jackhammer Rivet. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Jackhammer, huh? I just really going yeah, for it. Just, you know, pounding away on those games. Yeah. You I mean, there are so many games on the Nintendo Switch. I remember at the after the first year they're like oh we have 350 titles and it seems like we have 350 titles every week to talk about yeah it really does seem it does seem like that's the case Uh, and now you know before we get to the news we have some news of our own because we did a bonus round this weekend which was docked versus undocked and you know me and michael were pretty split on this however we tweeted out to the people all of our amazing listeners a little survey and we were pretty pleasantly surprised by the results. I said, of your time playing, what's the majority of your time, docked versus undocked? So I didn't give you like an in-between. I said majority of your time. Mm -hmm. 24% docked, 76% undocked. It's really interesting. I know for me, if anybody hasn't listened to our bonus round, I am a majority docked now. And I say that by the slightest majority. So like a 60-40 split for me personally. Yeah, it seems it's almost if... Everybody plays in both configurations. There was one person that said, I haven't played docked a single minute and they beat Zelda, Mario, and now they're playing Hololite. That was Pablo uh, that said that. So that was kind of interesting. But everyone seemed like they were like me. I play 90% undocked. Other people seem back and forth on them. And in the beginning, the survey was really trending 50-50. So I don't know what pushed it over the top. Maybe just people just, you know, you survey, you never know. Mm-hmm. I, You know, there's been a couple of games where I just want to see it on a bigger screen. I've been playing Battle Chasers and it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful game. It's beautiful on a nice big screen. So that's one of those things that kind of pushes me to that. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on it and see what the final number is. You want to get into the news? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Are you ready to jump into the news? I'm going to kick it off. We got some new news hot off the presses from our friend, Reggie. Some of you may know him as the president of Nintendo America, but he's personally a show friend. In this article, they were talking about Zelda, and he says, believe it or not, Breath of the Wild is not his favorite Zelda game. He says it is not, I repeat, his favorite Zelda game. So he did go on to say that A Link to the Past was in fact his favorite Zelda. Now, I have to raise this question to you, my friend. What is your favorite Zelda game? Yeah, so like Reggie, I will also say that Breath of the Wild, I mean, a lot of people, and this is shocking when I first read it because it's like, oh, everyone and their cousin was talking about Breath of the Wild. So how could it not be... You know, it's like the top selling Zelda game ever, I'm pretty sure. And like, how could people not be talking about, you know, that this is their favorite game? And he did say that he's poured the most time into Breath of the Wild. And I can concur that I have poured the most time into Breath of the Wild. However, my friend, Michael, my favorite Zelda game of all time is actually a Game Boy Advance game, which I will say is similar to Reggie's. I don't know what he specified as Legend of Zelda Link to the Past being his favorite. I don't know which flavor. However, my favorite was a December 2002 release, which is for the Game Boy Advance, A Link to the Past 
and Four Swords. Mm. And I really enjoyed Four Swords in combination with it because you could play the entire game by yourself. And this was a game that I poured a lot of time into and I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, there was I mean, I could go on to the, the ones I love, like I love Wind Waker, also Four Swords Adventure on the GameCube. The GameCube GBA era, era was one of my favorites for sure. Uh, however, that one for me, for some reason, just I really enjoyed the four links all together, uh, and I really enjoyed playing that game. So that's my my pick of the Zelda. It's a good one. It's a good pick. I will love Breath of the Wild. I will say that it's just fantastic. It's an amazing game. Is it my favorite? No. My favorite, and, and this is because I, I'm thinking back to what I had the most memories of and what made me... Um, you know, just kind of blew my mind. Very similar to what we are currently going through with Breath of the Wild. It was Ocarina of Time. Ah, I knew it. I look back at it and it's just one of those games where it's just kind of like, man, that was just a magical time for me going through that game and playing that game. And like a lot of people, right? I mean, it was just a huge game. So yeah, that would be my pick. It's surprising that you you thought you're like, oh, maybe James will go for the same as me. I will say this, that I really played all of the original Legend of Zelda on the NES completely through the Ocarina of Time. I just couldn't get into back in the day. Mm. I've gone back since and played it on my 3DS and things. However, back there, I didn't never I never really got into Ocarina of Time of Majora's Mask. It was maybe just the era that I was playing games in. Mm-hmm. And then I got reignited around Four Swords and Wind Waker. So actually pretty interesting. I would say I, I think if we did a survey Ocarina of Time would be way up there. Well, some new Pokemon news because everyone loves the Pokemons. Uh, Pokemon Quest we talked about last week came out for iOS and Android, and it's apparently doing spectacular. Uh, There was an article over on CNET about its first week out from Sensor Tower did a report, and they said that from their kind of analytics that they're gathering that it's been downloaded and installed nearly 4 million times for both iOS and Android. But more importantly, it has brought in over $3 million in revenue in its first week alone of, I, I haven't even downloaded it on mobile, so I, I don't know what all the little things that you can buy. Maybe you can talk to it. But I think what's interesting here is that 31% of the users are currently in Japan, 25% in the US, and 12% in South Korea. And that's where most of it's coming from. And right now, the revenue split is about 50-50 from App Store and Google Play, which is quite interesting to me. And I don't know how that compares to the switch like maybe the switch also has three to five million people but i don't know nintendo doesn't release those numbers those numbers are crazy to me i mean i i'm not much further along than you i did download it and then never actually even tried going back to it i think playing it on the switch initially kind of hurt it for me where it was i just lost the excitement of it i think if this had kind of either come out at at exactly the same time or came out mobile first i would have jumped right into it just like i did with the switch but i've just not gone back there's too many other things to play continuing with that pokemon train pokemon go is celebrating its two year two year anniversary and it actually hit a huge milestone it just made 1.8 billion dollars in revenue with a b (laughs) that's so crazy they're saying that players around the world continue to spend a whopping two million dollars a day on this game I it's that's these numbers are just blowing my mind and this split is a little bit different it's 58% Google Play 42% App Store yeah that's a lot of money I mean 
I don't know how that compares to other, you know, clash of clans type of games on mobile, but I will say I just gave them a little bit more money because my backpack was getting full and I needed to increase my backpack size because I have too many <laughs> gifts. So I gave them some, some, some money so I can understand, you know, there's little tiny, you know, purchases that I need. Uh, and I'm just a ca- very casual player. So I wonder if they're going to see more of a perk from that because I've noticed mine filling up much quicker now that we have so many gifts. Oh, yeah. And I think you and I are just gifting each other like crazy. I want, I'm want. i excited to see what happens when we fill our friend meter because I you kind of get perks every time, which I didn't know that existed. Um, so I'm excited to see what we get when we're maximum friends. But my bag is always full. So every time you send me a gift, I'm like, God, Damn, I got to <laughs> d- delete something. I got to get rid of something now. <laughs> give them money. Just give them money. Keep increasing your bag size. I'm running around with a duffel bag on my back now instead of a little backpack. I have like 18 bag, you know, 18 backpacks on my back currently as my, <laughs> as my, as my as so heavy. So many Pokeballs. I have, I think at this point, 500 Pokeballs in my backpack. Oh, man. So many. Well, you know, other things doing extremely well. Mario Tennis Aces uh, also is doing extremely well in the States, but also in Japan. We'll talk about how it's doing on the eShop. But over in Japan, it came out physical retail. And they also, the media create is the weekly um, numbers that they put out and they track kind of things that are happening over there. So it was just released in June 22nd over in uh, Japan. And in its first week, it had sold 123,000 copies, which doesn't seem like a lot of copies, but it is the top release for the week over there. And how that compares to maybe other games, and these are only physical copies, is that uh, that is double the number of, or almost more than double uh, what Mario Tennis Ultra Smash did on the Wii U, and also about 20,000 more than Mario Tennis Open for the Nintendo 3DS that it sold in its first week. Additionally, some other games that came out at the same time for comparison would be Minecraft for the Switch, which sold about 61,000 copies. So Mario Tennis Aces, Minecraft doing extremely well. And actually, if you look at the, the list here of games sold in Japan in the last week, top 10, Mario Tennis Aces, Switch, Gundam Breaker, PS4, Minecraft Switch, Splatoon 2, Switch, Mario Kart 8, Switch, Kirby Star Allies, Switch, Fate slash Extella Link, that is for PS4, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Switch, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Switch, Super Mario Odyssey, Switch. Basically, Switch crushing it in Japan. <laughs> so what you're saying is Switch really needs to get it together because it's slacking this week. It's slacking off. Yeah, but It's kind of success story after success story, but I'll switch it up a little bit because one of my favorite games of all time on the Nintendo Switch is Splatoon 2 as I continue to roll through the Octo expansion. But upcoming, Michael, another big Splatfest, which I'm so excited for, which is kind of maybe a legendary um, one, which is Squid versus Octopus, a.k.a. Pearl versus Marina. What are you going for? Well, I am going to go for Pearl, I guess. I don't know. You know, I don't like either of them, to be honest with you. I find them just to be completely annoying. So I'm going to go with Pearl. Why not? I am a big Marina fanboy over here. Octopus all the way. Uh, I you know What's interesting about the Splatoon is I don't actually know anything about the squid versus octopus shenanigans. Like, I didn't realize that they were a squid or an octopus. I thought everyone was a squid. I didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, I had no idea. 
I wish and, there was a cuttlefish option. Those oh my god, that'd be great. I could go team cuttlefish all day. <laughs> yeah, all day cuttlefish, and it's really weird because the core apparently, you know, part of Octo expansion is about the squid and octolings coming together for mutual love and friendship. So, um. <laughs> so right after that expansion, let's have a civil war and decide really who is better. <laughs> yes, starts July twentieth. Let's get it done, Team Marine, all the way. In Nintendo Labo news, we have people making more crazy stuff. We had two Japanese players come out with laser tag, created cardboard hats that they're going to wear, and the Joy-Con sits on top, and they have the infrared sensor that you zap with the uh, Nintendo zappers, and then the Switch tracks who's getting more hits. It's the it's so cool. I w- I want to see a whole suit though. Now you got to pull in that like robo suit mm-hmm. and have it built into that. So then and then you could have your switch mounted on the chest plate and then the other team can like it'll flash red or green or something like that when you get the hits. I just think this is so cool seeing people doing this stuff. You know, they're really pushing what can be done and that's exactly what I was hoping would come out of Labo. I still won't buy it, but I just think it's so cool. It's pretty spectacular. I watched the video. It's a two-minute video on Twitter. You can see in the show notes below. But it's really funny because they printed custom zapper guns that are huge Mm -hmm. that have Joy-Cons in them and these Mario hats. And I mean, honestly, I would, I would, you know, Heather and I, we we have Nerf guns that we shoot each other. But this would be pretty. This would be a lot of fun. We would have less things to pick up. It's just so cool. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot easier around the house. Yeah. No more messes. I just, I love it. Um, and other things that I'm love with more DS stuff. So you love this it? year, do you love it? Do you I love, love it? it? I'm so excited that they're coming out with more. They're only going to be in Japan. So if you happen to be there, buy these up. They're putting out three more models, I guess. Not what you'd be considered, not models, but editions. Design editions. Yeah, design editions. Um, you're going to have an Animal Crossing. Guess this is Mario Kart 8. It's the sort of black with the texture and then it has a red rim i guess trim around the top and then they have a minecraft with a creeper on the front they're very textured they're really interesting looking i kind of love the creeper one i would almost maybe consider that if it was here i am really into limited edition ds's i have personally personally purchased the pokeball one the pikachu one i would buy this animal crossing one or the creeper one the the mario kart one's lame but uh, yeah, that's, what I, cool. that's what they have one like that right now. I just saw it at Target and it just has blue trim instead of the red. Yeah. That's why I never even knew that was considered a Mario Kart theme because it just, I don't know, don't yeah. look that special to me. I the others say, are very special. Yeah. The Creeper and the Animal Crossing one, like they have, they're three dimensional and just really cool. I was like, wow, I really want that one. The Creeper one is my favorite, but the Animal Crossing one is nice. If they come, maybe we'll get it. And it's interesting that they're going all 2DS. I think 3DS, we were talking a little bit before the show, maybe on the way out, just you know, 2DS all day. I'm I'm okay with that. I loved my original, my 2DS. That was my favorite before they switched over to the 3DS. I loved, loved 2DS. Um, now, I do want to talk about something interesting. It's not necessarily a news story, but it was an article over on Polygon that mostly covered this video uh, of the Wolfenstein 2 game that just came out. And a lot of people were so interested in how Doom or Wolfenstein, these huge AAA games that are you know 4K crazy on Xbox and PlayStation could fit into a tiny little Nintendo Switch. 
This breakdown is a 20 minute video. It is spectacular from Digital Foundry, John Linneman, who did this. And what he did is he really, this is for the nerds, the game nerds out there that are really into like how they do this stuff. So Panic Button themselves use two specific pieces of technology to get it into the Nintendo Switch. And he did a side-by-side comparison and the games are very different, uh, especially around like water effects, textures. Uh, however, he did say, you know, on portable mode, it looks great. But they utilize this thing called adaptive resolution. They also use this on Doom. But what this does is it adjusts the pixel count based on load. So what this does is it means that the game will automatically adjust from 720p all the way down to 640 by 360 at different points based on how much action and things are happening. And what they do is Wolfenstein 2, like all the levels, all the tech, like all the um, geometry is all in the game. So it's only textures that are really getting, um, you know, sacrificed here. So how, how detailed are these sacrifice, uh, detailed are the textures of the characters or the walls or things like that. So it can automatically adjust those on the fly. And they also then the second key technique they use is they lock in the frame rate at 30 frames per second compared to 60 frames per second. And the most interesting part of that is that since the entire game is locked in at 60 frames per second, there's a part in the game where you play, I think, Doom or Doom or Wolfenstein, the original games inside of the games, like in an arcade. And that means that those games are cut down to 30 frames per second. So they move really slow, which is, which is kind of funny. But it's a great analysis because he goes really in depth of how they do certain things in this game to ensure that the load um, can be reduced at points. So there's this big open world part and you might overlook it. But in the Switch version, they put a big like train or something there. So the train is closer to you, less detailed. So you don't have to draw the entirety of the background so they can do this stuff and what he was comparing this to was all of doom on the Saturn where they did very similar um, types of, of placements of things. So very interesting in general uh, and panic button is just crushing it. I'm very excited. So it's a really cool analysis. If you have 20 minutes to watch the video, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I think it's pretty fascinating stuff. You know, and like you said, the switch clearly is not the powerhouse of some of the other consoles or PC. So just the fact that they're able to make these happen, I think that's fantastic. And it speaks to what, not only Panic Button is doing, but other ports that maybe people really want to have, you know, maybe there's still possibility for some of those to make their way over. Yeah. Um, speaking of one of those, Panic Button is doing another, Warframe. Apparently, this is a huge free-to-play game. I think both you and I miss this train as well, um, but it has 38 million registered players worldwide, and it is a third-person online action game. It's currently on PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox as of uh, 2013, but apparently the developer, one of the things that they market is that it's constantly being updated and constantly sort of changing and evolving the game. Which I think that's pretty exciting. With that, with 38 million registered, we don't know how many daily actives it has, but that's got to be a big number. It's still going to translate to you know Switch games and Switch consoles being sold. So I think that it, it's going to be pretty big, and I would definitely check it out. But it's at the moment, it's unclear as when the game is coming out um, and how much of the game we're getting. Which I think it would be strange if we're not getting everything, right? I mean, I would assume we're going to get the game. But none of that's been defined yet. We're still not sure. 
Yeah. Can we get uh, crossplay to PlayStation Four? How do you think? No, nope, okay. that can't be done. No. Sorry, <laughs> Panic Button can—they're not miracle workers. <laughs> they're not. You know, Panic Button is on a roll with Doom, Wolfenstein, and Rocket League, and now Warframe. The trailer that came out this weekend was pretty spectacular. I even tweeted about it; it looked really cool. But a game I'm really looking forward to that was just announced this last week is Semblance. Uh, and honestly, not only does the game look spectacular, but the backstory of this game house that's putting it out, the developer that that's that's there is coming out. So Semblance is this, they call it a squishy platformer. And I say squishy because you play this little blob and it reminds me of Celeste in a way as you're going through these levels, but you can deform the world and yourself. So if you need to get through something, you might be able to deform the world one way or you might squish yourself down, which makes you go higher. It's really, really cool. And what's nice here is this comes from a studio in South Africa, and this will be the first time that a studio, a developer from South Africa has ever had a game released for a Nintendo platform, which I think is just really cool. So the game looks beautiful. It comes out on July 24th. Uh, give it give it a look. It, it's one definitely to be on the lookout, but the cool story behind it too. Last one before we get into the, the, the releases this week, because I'm super excited not only for the Splatfest, but my girls, Pearl Marina, coming to Amiibo form. Have you checked out these Amiibos? Have you seen them? I already pre-ordered them. Yeah, I, I bought several. No, you didn't. <laughs> Do no, you I, like Amiibo? I, I don't. I, I like them as far as collect but i've never actually used any for like in-game um per- like perks or anything like that i've never actually unlocked anything with an amiibo hmm. do you just I, collect yeah, them or ri- do you actually use them so i originally purchased tons of them and then i sold them all or mm-hmm. gave them to a friend and then i just started buying them again because i'm stupid um i do own the giant pokey or the giant pikachu which i'm very proud of and i do have a jigglypuff because jigglypuff is my favorite smash player so I did buy the Pearl and Marina edition. It's $24.99. I bought it since I'm playing Splatoon 2. It does unlock some um, some Pearl and Marina gear, which I think is really nice. And there's also going to be a whole new mode, like a rhythm mini game that you get by tapping on them. And I do think Marina looks pretty hip in general. I am team Marina all day because Marina's super cool and she's rad. I would wish you had the skin like you could play as them in the game, not just gear, but how awesome would it be if that became your character, your avatar in the game? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I would I would really enjoy that. That's yeah. Get on that, Nintendo. So now the best sellers list last week's top five. And unfortunately, it was no big surprises, to be honest. Number one is Minecraft. Number two is Hollow Knight. Number three is Mario Tennis Aces. Number four, Crash Insane Trilogy. And number five, Luminous Remastered. Yes, Lumines happened in five. <laughs> Lumines. I think that's the only one that's kind of surprised me, but the rest are just now permanent fixtures yet again. Mm-hmm. I will be interested to see how long Hollow Knight sticks around on top because it was going up and down and then it made its way back. Unlike our friend, the wizard of whatever, whatever that one was. That yeah. Was. what? Yeah. That one's no longer in sight, unfortunately. Oh, so and then for the new games and where they debuted on the charts, Wolfenstein 2 has moved up to the top 10, which yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a full price game. That's that's awesome that it's starting to do so well. What we talked about last week, Pocket Rumble is in 14th. Wise, 
<laughs> or yees, depending on how you want to say it, is in 20th and inside 22. But no limbo. Didn't make it. What about outside? What about outside? <laughs> Outside's a sleeper. It'll be out next oh. year. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This is pretty cool. I think we called it uh, Minecraft yet again at the top. So it's just going to stay mm. there forever. Let's be I honest. have a new prediction, though, and we'll get to that for next week. Ooh. I do. I'm ready. Well, I'm ready for these new releases, and a few of them, not many, have me excited. Yes. So July 9th, we have Another World and Pato Box. Pato Box. Pato Box. So Pato Box actually means duck. And it is a surreal boxing quest where you play as a duck. <laughs> and box, it's also box a, it up. Yeah, you box it up as a duck. I that's literally the quote from the game. It's in black and white. And uh yeah, that's what you do. Another world sounds in, interesting to me. So this was originally out in 1991, and it is a 3D graphics, but it's designed it's edited to mimic camera or like film and it's got amazing scores it's sort of like nine out of ten and it's the remaster we have an hd remastered version of it coming out to the switch is this something you want to pick up yeah i'd never heard of this at all uh, but after watching the trailer which i think is totally worth checking out it's 10 bucks i I'll probably won't pick it up immediately but i'm putting it onto my list it's going on mine too i got like a sort of Tron and uh, Stranger Things vibe from that little, mm. you know, 30 second trailer. Very cool. Yeah, I thought it looked really nice. Yeah. Um, so July 10th, we have 20XX, Bomber Crew, Hotel Transylvania 3, Monsters Overboard, Muddle Dash, Never Out, Shining Resonance Refrain, and The Lion's Song. Mm. What do you think of that lineup? Anything grabbing you? Anything jumping out? Well, on this one, it's really interesting. 20XX, which is built to feel like Mega Man X. It's literally like that. It's a co-op roguelike jump and shoot. That one looks really cool. I've seen it for a long time on like all the different systems or like I think it was a Kickstarter. Maybe I forget it, it just something in that world looks like that. I don't even know if I need another one in my life. Um... Bomber crew has amazing reviews. It's like a World War II strategic, like a strategic bomber simulator. Like it looks funny, but I'm like, I don't have time for that. But I, that's I, it. I watched that trailer. I thought it genuinely was like a 3DS port when I first saw it. <laughs> so I, I like those kinds of games. I do like games where you're sort of maintaining or operating something and trying to control the overall, you know, you play as like the, the overseer of everything. But it just seemed not something it does have great reviews but i just don't know if i could jump in on that one even if it is 12 dollars. yeah that's my problem it's like i'm just like ah, i don't know no. yeah all right so on the 12th we have the super spy phil apix phil's epic adventure ghost 1.0 holy potatoes a weapon shop and in this hit <laughs> you play as a potato managing a weapon shop I just love it. That's amazing. <laughs> then you have Johnny Turbo's Arcade Express Raider, Radio Hammer Station, Star Story, The Horizon Escape, Super Volley Blast, and Red Hot Ricochet. 
Oh man, <laughs> you're getting holy Rough. potatoes, aren't you? <laughs> like, well, how you how you just sold it? I'm kind of in. I think it made me in now. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> I mean, you play as a potato. What more do you need? Let's Managing a weapon shop. It's right there. I, did, I mean, it's in the name. I looked at the screenshots. I think I tried. I watched a trailer. Even I, like, I have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. No, over. it's not very clear. It is very cutesy, kind of. You know what it kind of reminds like worms. Like that game was mm. kind of crazy, right? But it's it works eventually, and you kind of just get into it. I this kind of feels like that. Like it's just sort of this quirky kind of animated style. Um, I I like like I just said I like managing stuff, so I would probably like the gameplay aspect of it. It's just so weird to me when I was re- like reading through the. Exp- like the description of the game i'm just I, I it was really hard for me to just jump in and embrace it but it probably is good i don't know maybe we'll get a demo michael let me ask you a question ask have you ever wanted to manage a weapon shop <laughs> no i haven't but no. <laughs> would you want to manage a weapon shop as a potato yes okay there you go boom no. sold well I, as a holy potato as a holy potato. <laughs> yes. So on the 13th, we have Darts Up, Epic Loon, Super Destronaut DX, Octopath Traveler, 3DS, and Switch Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yeah. Finally, some good games on this list. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. We saved the best for last. They're coming on the 13th, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think we both know what we want here, right? Well, so there's three games in this list on the July 13th. I I'm actually relatively interested in Super Destronaut DX. Uh, this game uh, is from our good friends over at Radalayak Games. <laughs> That's the publisher who did a bunch of other cool games that I've played. But this game to me looks like um, Space Invaders Extreme, which I was a huge fan of on the DS and other versions that have come out. So it's that vein of just ridiculous over the top space invaders, essentially. And um, it's made in that vein. It looks crazy. It's $5. I'll probably buy it, actually. I'm I'm probably going to buy that one because I just like little games like that. I'm just a big fan. And it's priced right. Like, that's a good price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if it's, you know, why not? It's an hour, two hours long. I'm in. I kind of like that. I really enjoyed Space Invaders Extreme, the first one. But I'm really really excited for octopath traveler just oh i cannot wait yeah me too i think that's gonna be a a great one and that's my prediction that is going to be in the top five next week do you think that because it's already in the top 20 new releases (laughs) that's that's part of it but only because i know how much excitement is around this game you know everybody that's gotten to play the demo that was out has loved every some many people played multiple like roles and just kind of kept trying to figure out who the better one was and what you know all the ins and outs of it but it's just you and i both i think agreed when we played it it's just something special it's really really well done it's really fun um and yes it is already in the top 20 from just pre-purchases alone so that's pretty crazy yeah, I really like that. I think it's I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great story as a Nintendo Switch exclusive. That makes me feel really good. Captain Toad, I think, will also break into the top 15. It's $40, so it's cheaper as a as a re-release coming from the Wii U. And again, this is one of those games, I believe, that, you know, was a great game on the Wii U. Just not a lot of people played because 
not a lot of people had the Wii U or they stopped buying games eventually for it. So this is another game which I believe will do well. Um, and I'll be interested to see what the reviews between the two. So, yeah. And that one also has the demo, you know. So if anybody's on sort of the fence about those games, you have the opportunity to play them as demos. I just recently finished Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. We mentioned it uh, an episode or two ago. I do think the puzzle aspect of it is a lot of fun. I do think the gameplay of it is a lot of fun. It was a little simple for me in the demo version. Um, there were some interesting control problems. I don't know which version would be better, 3DS or Switch. But for a lot of players, I do think that this is sort of a diamond in the rough that just never got played. It does seem like a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. The Internet's all-time favorite topic of the week <laughs> What you playing? So this week has been pretty interesting. I've been spending a lot more time on Mario Tennis and Mario Tennis Aces, that is, for the, the, the Switch and being extremely frustrated by getting stuck on a bonus mission where I had to like parry back and forth 300 times. I still haven't beaten it yet, but it's I've been going through the adventure mode. I haven't played online very much. I want to kind of level up my character and, and, and get see what all is in there. And so far, I'm having a lot of fun kind of learning it because it it starts off easy, but then it has more advanced controls. Um, I also talked about the swing mode and I had a good conversation with my friend Jesse, who was playing the swing mode with his nephews. And what he said is like me, like I said last week, I really did not enjoy the swing mode. However, apparently his nephews that are, I think like five and seven or something have figured out how to actually play it correctly. And apparently just I'm a big stupid adult that doesn't know how to play video games. And like they're really good at it and like figured out how to do it. So I'm going to give it another chance. But I will say I'm really enjoying just tennis on my switch. It's a nice game that I can pick up for a few you know minutes here and there and then put down. Um, so that's been really good. And then the other one that I picked up because Jesse, I saw him playing it and had a demo available was the demo for Portal Knights. And this game seems like it's a game right up your alley because it is essentially a little bit Minecraft and a little bit, I don't know, action adventure because you pick a hero or a knight, if you will, that has different abilities. So maybe you're like have a sword. The other one is an archer and the other one is a mage, which is what I pick. I'm always a mage. I like mages because they have cool things and fire and whatnot. And you you go into these realms and the idea is that the realms are all um, connected via these portals and you're trying to kind of better the world. So it has a little bit of the building, has a little bit of the action adventure. And I like it because it's quest based, unlike Minecraft. And you could correct me if I'm wrong. Every time I look at Minecraft, I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Where Portal Knights, I go, oh, I can go talk to this person, accept this mission and go do something. And I felt like I could understand that a little bit more. So it has a free demo. So I've been really uh, enjoying it. So I haven't had the chance to play Portal Knights. After you had mentioned that, I de I'm definitely picking that up because I do like that kind of stuff. But I think if if you liked it, if you liked and enjoyed that in the questing aspect of it, you definitely should check out the demo for Dragon Quest Builders because that is on my must-get list. I just haven't bought it yet, but it's, mm. it's fantastic. And it's very similar to um, when it starts out, it is a, a lot like a Minecraft. You know, you're building, it's very kind of blocky looking, but it is quest driven and there's actually uh, RPG elements and like, you know, there's people you're talking to and helping and doing these things to kind of rebuild the world around you. And I think that one you would really, really like as well. So I'm going like to check that. that out for sure. 
Cool. And there's a game we've both been playing this week. Yeah, and I'm so, so sad, but Arena of Valor, the beta has ended, but this was fantastic. I really, I really am enjoying it. You know, we've talked extensively about how neither of us are real big mobile players. We don't, we don't have a lot of experience with that, but you and I played a few rounds together and I think we did a lot on our own, just kind of exploring different heroes or characters or whatever they're called in the game. Um, playing different classes, playing different roles in the in the actual battles, three versus three, five versus five. I think you did even a one versus one. Mm-hmm. I I was really into it. I'm 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 very the, the demo uh or the beta I should say only made me more excited for this game's release. I'm really pumped for it. Yeah, this game was one that I since it was only a week long, I kind of tried to play as much as humanly possible. And it started off easy, but as you upgraded, you had to actually think about strategy. So it was a nice game where anyone could kind of get in and be kind of successful right away. But it did ramp up, and I was like, oh, we need to get a headset on and need to it got come hard. together. <laughs> it got hard. It got real, real quick in that game. And that's what I remember we were talking about that and how I'm wondering if they do a very similar thing to like PUBG, where you're playing ai initially but not really told and it's meant to be easy so you can start getting the basics down and then eventually you do get introduced to actual players and then you just start getting destroyed which is what was my case i'm like mvp 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 and you're absolutely the worst on the team now i was just (laughs) like what happened I think it'll be interesting when it comes out to see because there's tons of achievements, there's uh, challenges, all these other things you can unlock. And I go, oh, I, I don't have enough time in one week to get super deep into there's like experience. There's like a chain of upgrades and things like that that you can get. But from a high level, I really did enjoy it. I think that it needs a little bit better matchmaking and then voice chat uh, just with your team would be great or friends. I, I like that it had a friend system. We could chat, which was, was a subpar, but I like that there was the idea of a lot of things were in there and it ran really well. So we actually have a full hands-on that is either coming out or will be out already on our blog. And we'll link to that in the show notes if it's out or we'll talk about it again next week where we break down everything that we like from it. But I really was pleasantly surprised by this game. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. And as soon as we hear more on like a an actual release date, we will, of course, be sharing that with everyone. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's Dispatch. Anything else from you, Michael? No, I'm good. No. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And please, if you could be so kind, we would love it if you could rate us over on Apple Podcasts. Every single review helps us a lot. Kind of getting over that first five, 10 reviews is a major hurdle. It helps people find the show, helps promote us. And of course, just sharing the show. So if you're using Twitter or Facebook or just anything, just go on to all of your friends, uh, iOS or Android devices, and just go ahead and subscribe to the show automatically for them. They'll appreciate it because they'll love our soothing voices each and every week. And you can follow us everywhere, nintendodispatch.com, Dispatch Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to be so kind and follow me and Michael, I'm at James Montemagnolin and at MS Rivette. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.